Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. Chris Ilio here sitting in with you while uh, Steve makes his way into the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, and North 4th Street Auto Plaza in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Route 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. If you want to join the show, yap at us about whatever you want to talk about. The number is 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. Get on the line, speak with Steve or myself. If you want to throw an email at Steve, you can go to uh, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Or if you're a Twitter person in the Twitterverse, otherwise known in my opinion as the Wild West of social media, Twitter at Steve Jones PSU. You could check out the podcast at SteveJonesShow.com or you can also go to Steve Jones Show on Facebook. And as uh, as we wait for Steve, let's just delve into what's happening in the world of sports right now. Uh, we are in what I would like to call another one of those uh, those lulls in the sports world. You have certain times a year. The Super Bowl, uh, October is always a good time. Like super time of year, football is getting into full swing. You got the World Series. You got basketball and hockey just kicking off. Like everything's happening all at once. Just this past week, we just we wrapped up March Madness. Baseball started yesterday, the day before yesterday, over the weekend. But we're kind of in a lull right now. There's nothing really big happening. The NHL playoff push is, is underway, and there's, there's maybe one spot left. I think they're fighting for a wild card spot in, in the East. The West is pretty much all sewn up already. NBA, you still got a few more weeks before you get to that final push, like that last push. You got the Masters if you're into golf, if that's, if that's your thing. I'm not a big golf fan. I do follow it. You know, I, I, I looked at who was in the running. I, you know, you, you can't deny with like a Jordan Spieth who's come in like second place, what, three years running now? Something like that. Uh, but I think understand, that... I understand your nickname over the course is Senior Slice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it could be. You know, you, 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 you don't want to choke on that corner, right? <laughs> uh, I was out playing the other day. I went through. I'm playing the front nine. I'm driving the ball pretty well. I'm like, okay, good. I get to the back nine, first couple holes, and all of a sudden I got to the twelfth hole, and I hit one off the end of the club that was it's horrible. So I teed another one up, and I did the exact same thing. I teed up another one. <laughs> what the heck am I doing? Or like the wheel for two holes, the wheels came totally off the wagon. I mean, totally. I got to a par three at thirteen, right? And this is like, like this shot is. I played this hole forever and ever and ever, okay? And I play this shot, and it's it's a six iron off the tee for me, six iron, no matter what. And one of two things happens when I hit this shot: I'm either on the green or I'm pretty close. And I like, I hit another horror show. I'm like, oh, what, what am I doing here? And then I hit a bad. Then I. Uh, uh. 
Well, it makes like, you. I, I, I mean, like, why am I out here? Well, I, I think that I think I, I think that just I think that just speaks to what the real difficulty of golf is. It's not about the strength of hitting the ball; it's the concentration and the the consistency, right? I was staring at the stupid thing. <laughs> I said, "Look, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, okay, don't take your head off the ball. Do not take your head off the ball." So I stared it down. I still blew it. <laughs> Hey, you know, that's why some of us are Tiger Woods right. or former Tiger Woods, and right. some of us uh, are not. That's why. But then I go out and I get to the 15th hole, the par five. I'm like, okay, great. So I get there. Suddenly, decent drive. Really good second shot. Right. I missed by an inch of parring the hole. Then I get to the next hole, part it. Then I get to the next hole, part it. Get to the par three, part it. There you go. <laughs> and, I miss, and I miss parring the 18th hole by two inches. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's it's all about the, consistency. I, I don't know either. I don't play golf, so I can't identify. No, the two. I mean, the two holes I went back to back. I might as well put down. What was your score? I don't know. A million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a million. Let's just call so those we'll two say, holes mulligan. Let's just call. Let's just say that. I'll say five hundred thousand on each hole. <laughs> How about that one? All right, so that's a million right there. So what'd you shoot? Well, I shot a million seventy-eight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some handicap right. right there, huh? <laughs> it's like okay, maybe a little bit over par. <laughs> so, my goodness. All right. Um, let's see. Today's show. Matt Leon, Philadelphia, will join us. Uh, Bob Grove, we'll talk about the Chris Letang injury. They'll get him on the show today as well. That's a big injury. Uh, He's out four to six months. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's just a big injury for the playoff push. Letang gave the Rangers fits last year, and he was very important last season, so... Well, he does so much for them. He quarterbacks their power play. He brings a speed element. He's one of those defensemen that understands how to score. And thats he's a difference maker in what the Penguins want to do. Now, they've been playing the last 20 games without him. Right. And to, and to their credit, actually played pretty well without him. Oh, absolutely. But you get to this time of the year, you're like, uh, we'd like to have all of the really good hands on deck. Oh, of course. Because, them. If they want to repeat, absolutely. I mean, Sidney Crosby's having an all-time season. I mean, this might be his his pinnacle run. Where we're in the middle of it right now, between winning the Stanley Cup last year and then the season he's having this year, if he happens to win again, like he's gonna—not that he hasn't already solidified his place in history—but he's on the road to being one of the all-time greats if he keeps this up. Well, and one of the other guys is Balkan. Balkan's having one of the really great seasons of his career. Yep. So um, we'll talk to Bob Grove about that uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. Now, is my brother on the show today? Because we're off tomorrow and Friday, right? I be- well, I believe he was supposed to be on yesterday uh, because uh, a little mix-up here. Sean from the uh, Bahamas was uh, texting me, and I was he was like, oh, you're going to fill in. This was yesterday. And then all of a sudden, Chad shows up, and he's like, I'm filling in. I'm like, oh, that's right, okay. So I got notes about yesterday's show. Your brother was supposed to be on yesterday. I didn't honestly was I wasn't listening because I was oh, working. I was like, no, just call him at four thirty. Okay, he'll, we will call up. him at four thirty. Show up, I mean, I'll tell him to bring home some milk and juice or something. <laughs> That'll work. 
Even though he's 350 miles away, I figure what the heck. Why not? Yeah, so that's a big injury for them, um, for the uh, for the Penguins. Um, let's see if there's a couple of other interesting notes. Patrick Ewing, by the way, cannot hire his son to be on the staff at Georgetown. Um, Lynch is talking about visiting the Raiders now and talking about a possibility of returning. He'd be a great fit with the Raiders. Hometown. Yeah. He's a hero in Oakland, which is a shame because they're leaving Oakland, but he'll be there. You know, they're there another two years, maybe three. He's a hero there. They won't be there three, I can tell you that. Oakland only, the Raiders only have the option for 17 and 18. There is no option on 19. It sounds to me like they want them out. I'd love, um, I'd love more than anything to see a Super Bowl in Oakland in this next two years. One of these next two years, I think that would be just mm-hmm. fitting. Well, they've got the quarterback. Let's start with that part. Well, they got a they lot of pieces. They have the quarterback. They got a lot of pieces. Yeah. They got great great wide receivers. They have a, a very serious defense, and uh, yeah, the quarterback, like you said, which are the main pieces. And if they get a running back like Marshawn Lynch, who has Historically, been a producer, especially in the big moments. It, that that might be the final piece, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, more of America's bigger on Marshawn Lynch than I am. I've just never been a big Lynch guy. I don't know. Well, being being a guy, so I lived in California for the past ten years until I came back here a few, you know, maybe six months back. And believe me, he gave San Francisco fits, and we're believers of Marshawn Lynch over there. So <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. I think Russell Wilson gave you bigger fits and their defense than, than Marshawn Lynch did. Well, but he was a part of what, he was a part of what they were going on. The whole team, what they were doing. No Russell Wilson, no title. They can win without Marshawn Lynch. Um, Twins lead Kansas City three to one, top of the seventh. Atlanta and the Mets are tonight. Yankees, Tampa Bay tonight. Seattle, Houston tonight. Red Sox and Pirates tonight. Chris Sale makes his Red Sox debut tonight, and uh, Jamison Tyone goes for the Pirates tonight. Great matchup there. Two games were postponed today, I believe, also. Yeah. Now, um, Jason Stark, ESPN senior writer on ESPN.com. This is an interesting article. Faceless of the game, where have all the Major League Baseball superstars gone? That's That's really intriguing. Um, the NBA has LeBron James, Steph Curry, even to a point, Russell Westbrook, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. They've got quarterbacks. Between November and February, 
a firm was commissioned to survey more than 6,000 American sports fans, ages 12 and older. Um, the only baseball players who showed up among America's top 50 pro athletes, and listen to this, Derek Jeter appeared at number 13. The first active player on the list was Anthony Rizzo at 51. Or Tim Tebow. <laughs> but Tebow and Jackson don't count in no. this. Well, of course. And, they, and they're on the list. But that's what's funny, though. That Tim Tebow is the only like relevant right. you know, baseball player on the list. Um, Jeter's at 13. He hasn't played in two and a half years. Babe Ruth is 30. Okay. It's been 80 years since he played. And Pete Rose is 50. And he's been suspended from his sport for 28 years. Right. He's not even allowed in baseball. Right. The first active player is Anthony Rizzo at 51. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, now, the favorite basketball player is not LeBron James, and it's not Steph Curry. It's actually Michael Jordan. But it doesn't take long to get to the active players that are out there. Now, Peyton Manning was the nation's second favorite football player behind Tom Brady. Manning's no longer active, but at least he's played recently. Fifteen active NFL players are in the top 50. Six active basketball players are in the top 50. Two soccer players, Ronaldo and Messi, Two tennis legends, Serena Williams and Roger Federer, Michael Phelps, Sidney Crosby, Usain Bolt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Connor McGregor, Tiger Woods, are all on the list ahead of the first active baseball player who's at 51. And I have to tell you, as a hockey player, as a hockey fan, Seeing a, an NHLer up there before a Major League Baseball player, that's that's shocking. Even Sidney Crosby, that's shocking. In polling of 17,908 American sports fans, on the same question between January and December of 2016, the response was pretty much identical. The only significant variation, David Ortiz checked in at 23. That's it. Jeter would uh, um, Jeter was number 12 Ortiz was 23 that's it now Mike Trout let's see here America's America's 10 favorite athletes 1 Jordan 2 James 3 Tom Brady 4 Steph Curry 5 Peyton Manning 6 Lionel Messi 7 Aaron Rodgers 8 Cristiano Ronaldo, 9, Muhammad Ali, 10, Kobe Bryant. It's great news for the NBA. Bad news for baseball. So the top 10, you've got 1, 2, 3, 4 basketball players, 3 active. NFL has 1, 2, 
three, two active, although one had just retired. And then you got two soccer players and a legendary boxer. I mean, that's I mean that's not good for baseball at all. And they're out there paying, playing 162 games. But, you know, here's one of baseball's problems. Baseball only has the stage to itself for about five weeks every year. That's it. From the end of June to the end of July. That's it. And even then they take three days off, four days off for the All-Star game. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, of those in this poll that said they were the avid fan of a sport, avid NBA fans, 23% said LeBron James was their favorite player. That's huge. Of those who are avid football fans, Tom Brady, a great number, 9.3%. In baseball, not one player cracked 3%. The highest was Chris Bryant at 2.9%. Now, if you want to spin it, you'd say, well, you know, they're spreading the wealth on who your favorite players are. But there's no dominant superstar in the game. And the NBA has done a better job of this than anybody else. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Steph Curry. Baseball doesn't have that. And not only that, they've been getting the last two years the biggest stars on the same stage for the final. Cavs and Warriors, LeBron against Steph. The NBA does promote individuals. Baseball does try to promote the game. All right. Next half hour, we'll bring in Bob Grove. We'll talk about the Penguins and life without Chris Letang. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, first read in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia was 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This day in sports history. In 1965, the color of NFL penalty flags was changed from white to bright gold. 1967, Will Chamberlain, then with the Sixers, set an NBA playoff record with 41 rebounds in a game. 1970, Bobby Orr of the Bruins became the first NHL defenseman to win the Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's top scorer. 1984, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Lakers became the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA, breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record. 1987, Doug Jarvis, then with the Hartford Whalers, completed his 12th NHL season, his 962nd consecutive game. Jarvis retired after playing the first two games of the 88 of the 87-88 season, setting an Ironman record in the NHL. It stands today, 964 games. 1999, Barry Bonds walked intentionally for the 270th time in his career. He passed Hank Aaron on the all-time list. Talk to Bob Grove and about Crystal Tang. But think about this: baseball's in that transition were the three biggest stars in the game. In terms of recognition, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, and now David Ortiz are all out of the game. Now, they have a lot of young players with great talent that are all under the age of 26. Kyle Schwarber, Noah Syndergaard, Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Chris Bryant, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, they're all under the age of 26. But here's what something that also has hurt along the way. And that's this. Brady's been in, it seems like Brady's in the Super Bowl almost all the time, right? Win or lose. The last six NBA finals, LeBron James has been there. In the last 15 years, you do realize that Derek Jeter in the last 15 years has been in the World Series twice, and not since 2009. You do realize that Alex Rodriguez had been in the World Series since 2009. Now, at least David Ortiz has been in the World Series three times in that span. But the stars in the other sports are getting to the biggest platform. Look at, for example, baseball's most popular players in a poll done by ESPN. Brian has won the World Series. Okay, Trout's been to the playoffs once. Rizzo's won the World Series. Kershaw has never been to the World Series. McCutcheon has never been to the World Series. Miguel Cabrera 
He's been there, and Dustin Pedroia has won it twice in his career. Those are the most popular players in baseball. The vast majority of them have never been to the World Series. On the biggest platform. And you look at Mike Trout, for example... Mike Trout could be the face of the game, except the, the team he's on doesn't get him anywhere. He's been in the playoffs one time. Once. I mean, this, if the Angels were to play the Nationals in the World Series and Harper and Trout were both on display, it would do the game a world of good, but neither one of them is, you know, especially the Angels, they aren't going to get there. I mean, Albert Pujols has had a great career. And most of America says, so What? It's not good for the game. Well, I, I mean, I hate to I hate to bring up the thing that everybody hates. It's like the elephant in the room, but uh, PEDs have to have something to do with it. Because think of all the stars that everybody beloved: Barry Bonds, even even Pujols has to be hurt by PEDs. He's never been brought up, but you know the guy's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, and yet he's got to be. People susp- like automatically believe that these are all cheaters. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, a little bit. I think baseball in 1994, when they went on strike and shut down the season, lost the segment and opened up the door for even greater popularity for the NFL, which had already passed it, and also opened up the door for the NBA to take off because in 1994, when they did this, they did it in the middle of the Jordan era. And I don't think baseball's ever recovered from that. They have not recovered from it. So you can talk about PEDs. That, I think, uh, adds fuel to the fire. But I think when they shut down the season in 94, they ticked off so many people that a lot of people never came back. Never came back. And... It's not like the NBA hasn't shut down, but the NBA shut down the first half of a season. Pro football missed a couple of preseason games. Now, ratings did go down this year, 8%, and maybe they're oversaturating the market a bit right now. But when they shut down the game in 94, because this was not one of a number of shutdowns baseball had had from 1970. Two up until 1994, people at that point were getting sick of it. Oh, they're great. They're going on strike again. Great. Here we go. And they shut the season down. Then there was no World Series. Everybody kind of looked around and said, you know what? I got other things to do. And I think that was it. Like when, when the, the, the eternal black mark, I mean, you can, you can look up and down the list and not know exactly when the strikes were, but in 94, you can't erase that. You can't even pretend it didn't happen because there's no World Series, there's no winner. And people found other things to do. And then baseball started to get its season squeezed out. People started getting excited about pro football training camp coming up. People are excited about college football season starting. Uh, when baseball starts, college basketball's Final Four, which has become tremendously popular, is overshadowing baseball's opening day, which used to be the day uh, to get everybody interested and excited about baseball. Spring training, where people used to be really interested in spring training. Right? Nobody gives a darn about spring training anymore. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. 
And not only that, it's how they go about it. People go down and hardly anybody plays. I mean, it's always, you know, it's the guys that are going to play for Clearwater this year or the guys that are playing for Reading this year. Oh, by the way, oh, Jason Michael Franco played three innings today. Great. Fabulous. Got my money's worth out of that one. Well, and I agree uh, with you there. My team's a World Series contender, and I didn't even care about spring training other, other than waiting for that injury bug to hit somebody. But other than that, I didn't care. It's, it's going on during March Madness, and guess what? People are involved in it. And Final Four, people are involved in it. Now you've got baseball. The Masters is this week. Then the NBA playoffs get going. The Stanley Cup playoffs get going. And then... When baseball finally has it to itself, hey, shut the game down for four days and play an exhibition game someplace. Okay? It's not 1920 anymore. It's not 1950 anymore. And baseball has done some better things in recent years. I mean, better. I really, you know, because I really think they're trying, because I think they know that they're not in trouble. Okay, they're not in trouble. That's no. not the that's not the issue. But they've been passed out by both basketball and football. And that is a problem. All right, let's bring in Bob Grove now. Uh talk about the Penguins. Bob, welcome. Uh Chris Letang. Uh, herniated disc in the neck out four to six months. So what does this do to the Penguins' playoff push? It's a huge blow. I mean, it's. Um, I will not say that the Penguins can't do it without him, but doing it without him the entire way is going to be really, really difficult. I mean, it was probably going to. It's going to be hard anyways, given the, the the competition in the Metropolitan Division. Just trying to get to the third round, right? But no matter who you have, but look, the guy plays a ton of minutes. When he's healthy, he leads them in ice time every single night. He's in such incredible shape. He can, he can give you 28, 29 minutes every night without a problem, and that enables you to manage the rest of the minutes on the, on the defense core. He's great at puck retrieval. His speed is incredible. He's able to keep a tight gap on forwards and then recover if he gets out of position because of that speed. Uh, you know, He understands how the power play works, even though he's not the, the most uh, – prolific power play goal producer he's important to the way that that power play functions um and he's you know he's a strong guy who can be physical on his own end he's creative um and so the penguins game built on speed just lost you know its best skater and uh for the rest of the playoffs and so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a huge challenge um for mike sullivan and the rest of the team to figure out how they can make this happen without him yeah he quarterbacks that power play for them you mentioned he's not the big goal scorer on there but because he quarterbacks it, it then legs-wise takes the pressure off guys like Malkin and Crosby where they can just set up while he does the legwork to get the puck into the zone. Exactly. He's, he's, you know, he's an integral part of the zone entry, and he just understands the way it works. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't really come natural to him, I have to say, but he, he's the guy that's doing all the movement back there, and he, he, he knows where those guys like to end up in the rink and where they're probably going to show up, and he can get them the puck in, in those situations. So Justin Schultz has been great this season for the Penguins, but doesn't have all of those elements in his game. So it's, it's, a, it's quite a challenge. All right, but the Penguins have gone the last 20 games without them, and they've made you know, two moves to shore up uh, the, the, uh, the blue line uh, before the trade deadline. But how have the Penguins looked in the last 20 games without him, which would be a tip-off as to how they'll play the playoffs? 
Well, they've continued to win, which is the bottom line. So, you know, even here at this point, these last when you say last 20 games, you know, you're talking roughly the last quarter of the season. That's when it's crunch time for so many teams trying to get into the playoffs. So, yeah. let me tell you that even if you've got teams that aren't aren't in playoff position on your schedule in that 20 game span, trust me, those are not going to be easy nights. Um, everyone and everybody who's already in is fighting for positioning. They've been they've continued to win. They've continued to win without him, and that's a tribute to the coach, Sullivan. That's a, a tribute to the other guys who have come up and, and, and played more minutes and, and thrived under those conditions. But I will say this. Um, it hasn't been – it for me, it's noticeable that the Penguins are now spending a little more time in their own zone than they did when Crystal Tang was healthy and playing. And that that's where it becomes a problem going through four playoff rounds when teams are able to turn up the four check and you don't have the ability to exit the zone as easy as you did before. It's, it, it's a challenge. We saw Mike Sullivan guide them to the Cup last year, stepping in at midseason to do so. Now that you've seen an entire season of the ups and downs, that any coach has to go through. What are your thoughts on Mike Sullivan's coach? I'll tell you what, I am so impressed by the job that he's done. So he, it was so it was impressive to see last year him come in, in in basically the middle of the season and get it done, although we in Pittsburgh had seen an even more challenging situation. Dan Bilesma took over a team that was out of the playoffs in the middle of February and won the Stanley Cup, and, and, and Sullivan had a bit more time coming in in the middle of December. Um, but it was so impressive uh, not only the way he performed, but the way he integrated the elements that GM Jim Rutherford gave him last year along the way, guys like Hagelin, guys like Daly, and how it, it, it fit with his philosophy. But this year, it's just been – this guy has a clear expectation. He has a clear strategy that he has no problem you know, making it work with players, making them understand what his philosophy is, how he wants to play the game, and they respect him and they listen to him because his mantra has always been uh, just play. That's his way of getting the Penguins. And, look, he was a longtime assistant in this league, and he knew the same secret that every other coach knew at, at various times in the last five, eight years, which was you get under the Penguins' skin, you get them frustrated, and they will fall apart. And it happened to them in the past. And that's why he just said, I don't want any of this crap after whistles. Just play the game take the hits, move on, and play the way that we want to play. That is a message that the play, the players continue to parrot. And the thing is, it's not just words with them. They actually believe it, and you know that because of the way they play for them. So you have a coach who has a clear understanding of the game. He's played it. He knows what he wants his team to be, and they're willing to be that team for him. You can't get a better situation than that. Uh, when you, As you've watched the Penguins through this season, there's certain givens. Uh, obviously, I mean, Crosby's had a great year. Malkin, obviously. Is there anybody that you looked at, one or two guys that you've looked at, thought, you know what, they're playing a little bit better, and that's allowed the Penguins to play better? Well, I'll start. I'll start with an obvious one, which for me is is, uh, and you just mentioned them, Evgeny Malkin, and yep. you know, and yeah, you can say what you just said, which is you sort of expect it, and I get that you do, but I'm telling you what. The, the, the season that when he has been healthy this season, the season that he has given the Penguins has, has uh, surpassed anything he's done in the last three, four years. I mean, there's no question in my mind that that's true. He, this guy has been focused like uh, I haven't seen him in a number of years, and he has just been so good. He's provided a, a big leadership element for them. Um, but I, I would say if you move off of him for a minute, 
the guy that jumps out at me is Connor Sheary. Yeah. Um, this kid was, you know, undrafted. You know, I'm sure the scouts just said simply he's too small and they weren't doing their job because he has all the intangible elements that you want from a player. The fierce competitiveness, a great skill set. He never gives up on plays. Let me tell you what. There's a lot of people around the league who look at Connor Sheary's numbers. You know, he's got 52 points in 59 games, so he's not quite a point-per-game player, but that's a really healthy number. And they're saying, yeah, you know what, well, he spent the last month and a half or two months playing with Sidney Crosby. That oversimplifies it. I'm telling you, this guy, he, this guy creates on his own. And yeah. he understands Sid. He's had a great chemistry with him. But I'm telling you, the more every game you see this kid play, you get more and more impressed by him. It, Bob, what's not taken into account on something like that, oh, he plays with Crosby. You still have to be able to finish. You have to be the one that finishes it. And then the other part is there are times where he assists and he puts Crosby in a great spot to score. I mean, that's to me when I hear that, I always find that to be demeaning because it's lines work together. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. And we've seen it. We saw it going back in the day with Mario and the number of line yeah. mates who got paraded onto his line over the years and guys who would play two or three games with him and the coaches are like, yeah, well, this is never going to work right. because he wasn't capable of hanging. So it's exactly what you just said. I completely agree. And I think that's the thing is when the first time, few times he played with Sid, you, you sensed that they had a little bit of chemistry and that has come full circle this year. And it's absolutely. And now you've added a guy in Jake Gensel who is is right there with those guys. I would say he, he doesn't have quite the chemistry with Sid. He was deferring a lot to him when he started. But he this these two kids, Gensel and Sheary, both have a ton of confidence. They're not like, well, I better play well so I can stick in the NHL. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a play that's going to win this game. And they're not even thinking. They just believe in themselves. And that, to me, is evident. And uh, the Penguins are they're, they're really they're, it's paying off big time for them with these three playing together. Every time he hears something like that, my thought is, in other words, you can take Mike off the streets, put him on Crosby's line as long as he can skate a little bit and he's going to yeah. get himself 55 points? No. No. I mean, Absolutely not. So, Bob, it's always a pleasure. It's great hearing you. Well, thanks so much. It's great to be able to talk to you, Steve. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Bob Grove. We talk the Penguins. Matt Leon, Philadelphia, next half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us. Next half hour, we'll talk about what's going on with the Phillies with Matt Leon. Will join us from Philadelphia, and uh, yeah, Phillies went off today, but then played tomorrow, and then that's uh, yeah, big weekend opening week for them. It's interesting. There's a little debate one of the office hallways today about how wide a gap there is between the Pirates and the Phillies, and I said, you know what? I said I think the Pirates will win 81 games. I think the Phillies will win 75. The gap between the two is far smaller than people realize. And that's going to be one of the big differences going over the next five years. The Phillies have overtaken the Pirates in young talent. And not only that, but I actually think the Phillies have the resources financially 
to add in a key piece or two in the next five years that make them legitimate championship contenders.